0: It's HSK Today, a weekly in-depth look at the Henderson Silver Knights and the AHL with your host, Brian McCormick.
1: And here we go on a sunny Wednesday afternoon. This is HSK Today. Brian McCormick here, you there, Lindsay Brown on the other side of the glass as we talk horse hockey and recap. Well, the Silver Knights, a bit of a difficult month of October thus far. We'll break down the, uh, the struggles and the light that they... Hope is at the end of the tunnel as they head into this weekend, which is going to be uh, Nevada Day weekend and also Fright Night weekend for the Henderson Silver Knights. Nevada Day will be Friday morning, the 11 a.m. puck drop against the Colorado Eagles. uh, And then Saturday night's festivities also against the Colorado Eagles, Fright Night at the Dollar Loan Center uh, to celebrate Halloween. So we'll break down what is to come as well. Uh, talk a little bit about Phil Kessel who last night uh, set the Ironman record for the Ameri- uh, for the National Hockey League with his 990th consecutive game played uh, and also scored goal number 400 so we'll touch on that a little bit. Second segment we're going to catch up with uh, one of the newer Silver Knights Byron Fraze who has uh, gotten off to a nice start with his new team and also uh, is no stranger to uh, moving from spot to spot and playing a leadership role when he gets to his new location. So we'll get to know Byron Frays just a little bit better. And as it is Halloween time, uh, we'll have a little bit of Halloween fun towards the end of the show as well. So that's all uh, all included in a very busy afternoon on HSK Today in what has been a very busy stretch for the Henderson Silver Knights thus far. Uh, and I'll tell you, for the Silver Knights, this is, this is a useful couple of days. It's a useful couple of days because they are uh, having what is a combination of, of bad puck luck and and just still trying to search uh, to find that uh, that team DNA to, to find ways to get it done. Uh, and I think that's something that you know you hear often enough. Teams that win need to learn how to win. Now it doesn't mean that it's a uh, a, a long winding journey for truth for every single team some teams win the first couple of games for one reason or another and they get a hang you know a a a taste for it and they they know how to win and they they move forward with that for other teams you know losing and winning can both be a little bit contagious and i think the silver knights have had the frustration of late now having lost uh four straight in regulation that matches their longest losing streak uh in what is a very young franchise history but They lost four in a row last spring. They lost four in a row late in their first season in which they were the best team in the Western Conference. So uh, for the Silver Knights, right now, I think the important thing is fighting off frustration. And frustration is human. Frustration is going to happen. But frustration is uh, also a, uh, a hurdle, I think, to getting to finding progress. And if you're the Silver Knights, it's not just losing. Losing is frustrating in its own right. That's that's aggravating. It's when you think you're doing a lot of things right, a lot of things right, and not getting the results you think you deserve from them. Well, that can get frustrating, and that can cause you to press, and that can force bad habits. You know, any, any baseball player can go 0 for 8 and hit the ball hard 8 times. But then when you start trying to reach for pitches outside the zone, you start trying to you know make it happen and not let the game come to you, well, now you're over 20, and now it's a, a spiraling thing. And that's something the Silver Knights have been so good at under Manny Viveros is uh, avoiding the snowball effect. Uh, and that's where for the Silver Knights, I think this is a, a good week for them to have the better part of a week. It'll be about uh, five days between games by the time they, they drop the puck uh, Friday morning against the Colorado Eagles but it gives them a chance to clear their head a little bit, find a, you know, find a little bit of fun again in practice. You know, I, I don't know what the, what the best approach is. I honestly don't. Maybe different strokes for different folks. If you're having a hard time doing something, I know that when I'm having a hard time doing something, and to give a really, really stupid example from my own uh, life I I recently got contact lenses for the first time. I'm 33 years old. I never had contacts before. I got them, and they said, well, we're going to give you a training session to put them in. Like, well, what do I need a training session for? I just put it in my eye and move on with my day. Well, apparently it's not that easy, or it can be that easy, but it's not when you're clumsy like me and have uh, the inability to uh, suppress your blinking reflex. The point is, it took me 45 minutes to put one contact in. Now, this is not, I don't think, a a sage uh, wisdom in in, an analogy. I think what it is is me admitting over the air that I'm a dunce, but I couldn't put the thing in. And they said, okay, do you want to try to put the other one in? I said, I think the best thing for me to do is get up and walk away from the table right now because I'm just too frustrated with myself that I can't do this simple task. For other people, it might be, nope, we're going to sit here and we're going to hammer away at it until it gets done. We're not going to stop until we figure this thing out. I think there's benefit sometimes in stepping away. I think there's benefit, especially when you feel like you're doing the right thing and not getting the results for it. I think there's benefit in let's take a breather, let's take a day off like the team did on Monday, and then at practice, let's loosen things up again, let's have some fun. So I think there's value in that. Uh, And as I think fans will see over the next couple of days, again, celebrating Nevada Day, celebrating uh, Halloween this weekend, we've had some fun with a couple of guys. I think that has value. Uh, certainly it will have value for you the fans because i think you'll get a kick out of it but you know I, i think that it's important for the silver knights to to have a couple of days like this and you know for more reasons than just the uh the clearing of headspace it's also because for the silver knights they have played more games to this point than anyone in the american hockey league they played six games most teams have played four there's a smattering of teams that have played five but again they uh the Silver Knights haven't played since Sunday, so there's a couple of games where that's been filled in. It was a very, very jam-packed first two weeks of the schedule for the Silver Knights. So when you're having a hard time, you're not getting the results again. Do you step away from it, or do you sit there and hammer away at it? Silver Knights had no choice. They had another game the next day where they did this, the, you know, their, their game plan again, played well, got chances, created opportunities, couldn't finish, and, and didn't win. You know, it, At times, it almost feels like when you're playing well, you're moving the ball, but you're kicking field goals and you throw a pick six in the fourth quarter, and that's what you lose by. That's kind of what it's felt like for the Silver Knights thus far, doing a lot of things right, not always cashing in on the golden opportunities, the open net, the the puck off the post, and then giving up a goal at the eight-minute mark of the third period, chasing the game and not finding a way to draw even. That's how it's felt, and that's why it can be frustrating. But for the Silver Knights, it's come at them every other day. There hasn't been enough time, or there hasn't been too much time, to reassess, to take a step back, to analyze. They've done it, but they've done it knowing like, okay, let's let's try to tweak this because we're going again tomorrow. Or we're going again in two days. A lot of games early on, and it hasn't really given the Silver Knights a chance to, to get their feet underneath them again. Uh, with, with some unfortunate results going 1-5-0 in the first uh, six games. But, you know, yesterday, May Viveros talking to the press, was talking a little bit with uh, AHL insider Patrick Williams, who we have on the show fairly regularly, and, and Patrick Williams asked him about that. You know, what have the challenges been of having so many games so quickly and not as much practice time as some other teams have had? Uh, and I thought it was an interesting response that May Viveros had for that. This is what May Viveros had to say.
0: Um. You know what? It it certainly is. Um, there's no question about it. You know, uh, the amount of at uh, the very beginning, the amount of practice time that you have with your with your team at the beginning of the year uh, is it, certainly reduced because you're playing so many so many games at the beginning. Um, in a perfect world, would you rather have, you know practice more than play at the beginning? Absolutely. But uh, you know, it is what it is. You know, and so a lot of times, uh, like our practices are are are. are done through video sessions with a group because we've been playing so many uh games back to back here so um you know having said that there are challenges but uh on the other side also too we're still you know we're still teaching and and our guys are learning on the fly as far as uh in, in games of uh you know what we need to be do to be successful here and uh you know we certainly haven't got off to the start that we that we uh imagined or 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 like uh, but I still like a lot of stuff that we've done. And um, other than that uh, first game in San Jose, I thought every game we we've, we've could have won every one of those games.
1: And that was head coach Manny Viveros, And again, you hear what he says there. He really feels like the Silver Knights could be 5-1 right now. The game that they lost on on Saturday against the San Jose Barracuda, that was at Texas Arena. That was a 4 nothing loss. That was a the game they lost. That was a game when San Jose came out flying. And by the way, uh, boy, is that a remade San Jose team. They're 4-0 and to start the season. That's the best start they've had in their franchise history. But uh, that is a young team, some dynamic prospects with a lot of confidence. We saw William Eklund and Thomas Bordalo both make cross-ice passes from the wing, putting the stick between their legs. I mean, these are kids who right now have not been uh, – have not been checked, and I don't mean that in a critical way. I'm saying They feel good about themselves. It's you know, not, not all that different than Trevor Zegres uh, doing Michigan passes from behind the net. He's good, he knows he's good, and he's having fun with it. Uh, and you see that from uh, several of the young San Jose Barracuda players as well. That's, uh, that's going to be an interesting team to watch as the season goes along. But Saturday was a game that the Silver Knights lost. San Jose had more jumps. San Jose capitalized on opportunities, more pressure on the puck. In the course of a season that's 72 games long, there are going to be nights where you just get beat. You don't have your best stuff, or they just are better than you that night. That's going to happen. Sunday, that was not the case. Sunday, the Silver Knights jumped out to a 2 nothing lead. Sunday, the Silver Knights had uh, the majority of the offensive chances through the first two periods. Sunday, the Silver Knights did a ton right. But what happened to their 2 nothing lead? Well, a blocked shot bounced to Thomas Bortolo, and he had an open net. Um uh, blocked dump-in that went off the linesman in the neutral zone, bounced back out in open space, and became a breakaway for Luke Johnson. That tied the game at two. And then the Silver Knights had a, a breakdown in the third period. Again, That uh, your, your pick six in the fourth quarter, if you will, on the CJC goal, and that's, that's a 3-2 loss. So right now for the Silver Knights, obviously, you know, if you're not getting the results you want, there are things that are tweaked, and that's what the coaches do every single day looking at tape. But this is a Silver Knights team right now that is doing a lot of things Right. And this is a classic opportunity to have that conversation of, well, okay, it's early. Well, how long is it early? When is it not early anymore? Because we can tell ourselves it's early until it's late. When is it not early anymore? And The traditional metric for, the, uh, for, for hockey season is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, you kind of are what your record says you are. You kind of are what, uh, what your on-ice performance is. It's not puck luck. It's good or bad. You know, if a team's off to a great start and you're like, oh, you know, look at their, uh, their advanced analytics, it's going to catch up to them. Well, if it doesn't catch up to them by December 1st, they kind of are where they are in all likelihood. There are very, very few exceptions to that. But, but that is to say, for the Silver Knights right now to be one in five and to be happy with the brand of hockey they're playing and hoping that this will all just level out again, eventually some of those hard hit balls are going to find holes in the infield, uh, it is early. It is early. And uh, for that, the Silver Knights will look to, to stay the course. And like I said, we're going to have Byron Fraze on the program in the next segment, and he's going to be a great guest for this because he's played uh, for so long and in so many organizations uh, that I'm sure he has some perspective on, on this topic of how to overcome, how to persevere, how to, to find a way. But uh, I'm pretty sure any Silver Knight would tell you. I feel confident that I can say this. If you're going to have a stretch like this, you'd rather do it now. You'd rather do it now and not have to find a way to be optimistic or to find answers or or what have you uh, in the middle of January or in the middle of February. You remember for the Silver Knights, they had a rough stretch last year in the spring into February and March. And it did uh, take really moving into the Dollar Loan Center and getting some new uh, positive energy from that move to get things back on track, uh, pushing into playoff time. So this is a, a challenging stretch for the Silver Knights. The results are not what they want, but the brand of hockey they're playing right now is largely what they want. It, it is largely what they expect, uh, and when will puck start to go in for them? That will just be a matter of at right now some patience, and that's easier said than done. Uh, but it is for the Silver Knights uh, good problems for them to have right now, I guess, that they're generating they want to generate, and right now just not getting – quite rewarded for it. Now look for those rewards this week when they take on the Colorado Eagles on Friday and Saturday at the Dollar Loan Center. Colorado Eagles currently sit sixth in the Pacific. They played only four games and they are two and two. Of course the Colorado Eagles bumped the Silver Knights out of playoff contention last year with a two-game sweep of the Silver Knights in the first round. Some familiar faces from that team, Jason Megna remains, Callahan Burke remains, Alex Bokaj and Sampo Ranta remain, uh, and then a couple of uh, the young prospects that Avalanche fans are excited about, including first-round pick Oscar Olausen in the mix for the Colorado Eagles as well. So that'll be the first meetings of the season between the Silver Knights and the Colorado Eagles this weekend. And as we look into them, we can look forward to Nevada Day festivities as the Vegas Golden Knights and the Henderson Silver Knights will both be celebrating Nevada Day on uh, Friday. The Vegas Golden Knights playing a matinee and the Silver Knights. Earlier than that, the Silver Knights drop the puck at 11 a.m., so Nevada Day, everyone uh, hopefully is off from work. I know not everyone can be off from work, but hopefully a good portion of you are off from work. Uh, and the, uh, the gold, uh, Silver Knights will drop the puck at 11 a.m. Fans encouraged to arrive at the Bell Solar Tilt Yard for food and drink specials, including beer moses, draft beer, and bagged popcorn from 9 to 10 a.m which is not too early for beermosas. Come on out and have a good time. Select activations, also photo opportunities, uh, the 360 camera, so you get some cool glam shots in front of the the Dollar Loan Center on the Bell Solar Tilt Yard. And inside, they'll have Nevada-themed posters uh, and special concessions, including French toast dice at the Green Valley Grocery Market, so that'll be fun. So uh, all of that, and of course the Silver Knights will be wearing their Nevada Day-themed jerseys, which... Uh, Appeared on Silver Knights social media last night. Those jerseys are going to be uh, available for purchase on HSK Authentics. This is not going to be a jersey auction. You can buy them on HSK Authentics, and it will be announced at a later date when those are coming available. For those of you who don't want to wait for the real thing, no worries, because a retail edition of the Silver Knights Nevada jersey is on sale right now at the Livery and at the Saddlery at the Dollar Loan Center, Delivery at Lifeguard Arena. So make sure you follow the Silver Knights uh, social media platforms on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all upcoming details on Nevada Day. You'll see promotions throughout the week, and we remind you that Henderson Silver Knights Nevada Day is presented by M Resort. Both the Silver Knights and Golden Knights will also be honoring first responders as well on those Nevada Day jerseys. We'll hop out when we come back. We'll be joined by Silver Knights center Byron Fraze as he talks about the start of this season, the start of his tenure in Henderson, and all some of his other interests off the ice as well. That's straight ahead on HSK Today. Brian McCormick here with you on 1230 The Game, the Henderson Silver Knights radio
0: network. On This young man has had a very trying rookie season. What with the litigation, the notoriety, his subsequent deportation to Canada, and that country's refusal to accept him. Brian McCormick.
1: from birthday parties and company outings with a view of the Vegas Strip to ice skating and much more, Lifeguard Arena has you covered. Call 725-201-3032 for more information on how to have your special day at Lifeguard Arena. Henderson Silver Knights gang ready for Nevada Day festivities this weekend. They'll take on the Colorado Eagles at 11 a.m. on Friday and one of the newcomers to the Silver Knights who will be going through his first Nevada Day uh, festivities and his first Nevada Day jersey, his first Nevada Day everything, is Assistant Captain Byron Fraze, and he joins us now. Byron, thanks for taking the time. Great to have you with us.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: So, Byron, I, I'm curious. I mean, it's been uh, maybe a month and a half, maybe a little longer than that. You're not brand new to town, but you are new to the team, and I'm sure you're still getting to know Vegas. Uh, how are you acclimating in uh, your first uh, few weeks of your Henderson stint?
2: Yeah, it's been great. I mean, the city is awesome, and you know, before we get it, uh, the DLC there is is unbelievable, and the rink is phenomenal to play in, so uh, there's no complaints on my end.
1: Byron, we've uh, been talking a little bit about the start of the season for the team. Of course, the record, not what you want it to be through the first six games, but we've heard uh, from head coach Manny Viveros and from players that you guys are doing a lot right. You're playing well, and not that you want to use puck luck because it sounds like a bit of a cliche, but right now you guys just aren't getting the results that you feel like you should for the brand of hockey that you are playing. Is that the sentiment for, for the whole team, that you guys are doing the right things at the moment?
2: For sure. Uh, I mean, I firmly believe there's only one game where we really uh, weren't our best, and um, so that's, that's unfortunate. You never want to see those ones, but it's hard to be mad at the guys to be mad at yourself. Like, when you're playing hard, you're playing through the system and just aren't getting a bounce here or there or, but, um, you know, you also have to work for your bounces. So I, I'm a firm believer that if you keep doing things right, things are going to turn around. and um, So that's what we're going to do here. We're going to clean up those few mistakes that have been costing us each game and, uh, and move forward and, and start getting some wins.
1: How do you en- endure that, Byron? Again, you've, you've played for a long time, so I'm sure you've been through stretches like this before. You guys have had pucks that have gone off posts. Uh, Gage Quinney, the poor guy, has had three uh, opportunities that the puck just bounced off a stick or, you know, something crazy to to keep it from going into the net. Uh, But but when you guys just aren't, when the puck won't bounce your way, I I imagine it's easy to get frustrated. How do you guys kind of stave off frustration and and stick the course?
2: For sure, it's it's easy to get frustrated in those situations, and, and you're not wrong. I mean, I feel like we've hit the post, you know, a couple times each game, and everyone that's hit the post against us has gone in the net. So, um, you know, it's, it's hard not to get frustrated, but the best way to do it is to simplify your game and just to get back to the fundamentals, the basics, and and just keep working hard. You don't grip the stick any tighter. You, just, um, you just strip it down to being super simple and, and get to the net and find some crazy goals.
1: We're talking about Byron Fraze. You know, Manny also said in this past week that one of the last things that comes together for, for any team usually is power play, uh, comfort, because it, it depends so much on on chemistry. With that, there are a handful of guys like yourself who are, are new to the organization, new to this roster. Uh, in general, just the chemistry, everyone getting to know each other, getting on the same page. How does it feel like that's coming along? For
2: sure. I think it's coming along really well. I mean, we've had a crazy start of the season, too. You know, it's, it's pretty unorthodox in this league to play as many games as we had in the two yeah. weeks or whatever that we've been playing. So. Um, you know, with less practice time and more game time, it does definitely help the the chemistry of the guys, but it also kind of hinders in other parts of the game. So um, then we're going to take this week seriously and get some good practice in and, and um, keep building on both those areas.
1: What have you guys done? To your point, there's been six games. You guys have played more games than anyone else in the league to this point. Now that you have a couple of days, a little bit of practice time, how have you guys been spending those days?
2: Yeah, just just honestly, we're just re- reiterating what we already know. It's just... Um, working on systems, cleaning up a few things that have cost us games, like I said, and, and um, it, you know, it becomes muscle memory after a while, but when you don't work on it, you can't really get that muscle memory going. You just start playing hockey knowing that your fundamentals are there. So um, it's just continuing to build those and building off of those each day and, and continuing to be, build that chemistry as lines and as team
1: we're talking with Byron Phrase uh, a fun little uh, history note for for Silver Knights fans you scored the first overtime winner in the Dollar Loan Center history uh, but people weren't happy to see you score it cuz you did it last spring as a member of the Stockton Heat now you're playing at the DLC uh, on the other bench is it does it feel like the same building or is it different now that uh, people are happy when you do good things
2: oh we uh, you know last year it was so hard coming into the building and playing against this team so it's, it's nice to be on the other side and have these fans on my side this time, and uh, hopefully there's plenty more overtime goals to come.
1: Why did Henderson give Stockton such a hard time last year? Because you guys had very little trouble with anybody, but it just seemed like a matchup that was that was tricky.
2: Yeah, you know, it's hard to come into this building and play and play and take points out of it. Um, you know, we found this team just played so heavy, so hard, so fundamental that, that they didn't give us much at all uh, on the inside of the ice, and, and that's where you got to get to if you want to earn and score those goals and get rewarded so um, that's what I found really hard last year and that's what we're trying to really implement this year on making it harder on the team.
1: You signed with the Vegas Golden Knights during the offseason why was Vegas the the right destination for you and your family?
2: Oh you know what I was excited when I came here and, and played against them last year even though we didn't like the results it just seemed like such a good area and the the, the rink seemed awesome and the, the city seemed awesome so um, you know we we're looking for a little bit of a change from last year and And when this opportunity came up, we thought uh, it would be an awesome uh, opportunity for me and for my family to come in and to experience the city.
1: You've been a captain on on most of the recent teams that you've played on. You've worn a a C or an A. And I I wonder for the – by by my count, I could be off by one or two, but I think you've played for 14 teams between call-ups and and things of that nature throughout the course of your pro career. And wherever you are, you've had that, that leadership role is it hard when you get to a new team to to find that voice right away? Does that take time, or, or is it personality that you're you're comfortable on day one having that kind of a role?
2: You know, it's a bit of both. On the ice, it's just personality. I just get into like into the zone, and and you know it doesn't skip a beat. But off the ice, trying to get to know the guys even better, um, you know, personally and away from the game, and how you can how you can help, how you can. Um, be of assistance to them and build their game to, to the next level. And so, um, yeah, off the ice, it's definitely been a bit more of a, you know, sit back, listen, learn a bit. And, um, but on the ice, it's definitely a more hands-on, you know, lead by example and, and also be very vocal um, on and off the ice.
1: You've played over 600 professional games between the NHL, AHL, ECHL, I wonder if you ever look back you still have a lot of hockey left in you of course but do you ever look back at the track the track that you've already uh across and, and think to yourself you know for a player who played a lot of ECHL hockey in those first couple of years not a lot of guys make the climb from the ECHL to the NHL let alone to have the kind of sustained success in, in your career that you've had what's the I guess the overarching journey been like for you to uh, to get to this point
2: yeah, no, for sure. Kind of at the end of the season, especially when you're signing a new spot, you kind of think back and, and reminisce on certain things and think back on, on how far you've come. But, um, yeah, I've been very blessed to be able to play this long and to be able to have as many opportunities as I have. Um, it always hasn't been sunshine and rainbows, and it hasn't been easy every time. But um, thankfully i got a, a great wife that uh, backs me up and, and supports me um, each and every day, and I uh, just like to go to work each day and, and be a good person, be a good human first of all, and then a uh, good teammate uh, second.
1: Well, you've played over 600 pro games since uh, you started your pro career in 2011, so I feel, I, I actually thought of, of yourself and, and Michael Hutchinson last night watching Phil Kessel with his Ironman streak of 990 games. This is a relatively young roster, but if there's anyone in this Silver Knights locker room who, who can appreciate And maybe add some context to that milestone, it would probably be uh, guys like yourself.
2: Yeah, no, it's an an incredible accomplishment I him. I mean, this game is a physical game, and and as you get older, it it takes a toll on the body and keeping it into shape and and keeping it ready to go. So it's quite incredible what some of these Ironman streaks that you see, uh, you know, between Kessel and and Casey Handel and, you know, other guys in the American League that have played so many games like Brett Sutter and, and, you know, the list kind of can go, go on and on. But, um, you know, it just speaks to, to their profession, professionalism each and every day, showing up to the rink, making sure you're ready to go and, and making sure that your body's always ready to go. I mean, it's, it's not easy some days, but um, it, it just shows a character when you can show up and do it on a consistent basis.
1: We're talking to Silver Knights assistant captain Byron Fraze. Byron, you've played in Calder Cup Finals. You've played in Kelly Cup Finals. You know what it takes uh, to ha- to have a team ready for a long playoff run in the spring now the spring's a long way away but but looking back on on those experiences, are those the kinds of teams where the foundation is laid in October or is it more a spark that happens somewhere away where you realize something's special what what uh ignites that kind of uh, of a run?
2: yeah, I think it's both I think it's you know you initially get together and you you kind of get to know each other better and you you see what kind of character each person has and then on the ICC what each person can bring and how and how much further they can come from, from where they kind of show up at the start, right? Because that's the biggest thing is you need to see growth in a lot of players, um, you know, well, every player really from, from start to end so that you can build your game and continue to build together as a unit. So I think there definitely, it definitely takes both. Um, but, yeah, there's definitely special things with each team that you can work on and that you can be better at and that you can build um, for that playoff time uh, when it comes. Because playoffs are the best the best time of year, and, you know what, I think it's the best development for each and every individual player um, to get to those playoffs and then to see how much, um, you know, the play elevates.
1: Talking to Byron Fraze, uh, also a family man. You mentioned your your wife earlier, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe you have two children, if, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um that's got to be such an evolution throughout the career and especially in the locker room that you're in, you're surrounded by some guys who are, you know, 21, 22, don't have a care in the world after they leave the rink. And you were that person once as well. Uh, but over time you go from, you know, leaving practice and going to hang out with the boys to leaving practice and going to play dates probably. What's it, uh, <laughs> that, that dynamic like of, uh, again, the, uh, the, the different perspectives of, of yourself and, and the uh, other responsibilities away from hockey.
2: For sure. For sure. It's, I mean, it's all part of it growing up. I mean, everyone, everyone in their life has to grow up at some point. so it's, it's a part of doing that, but thankfully I get to stay young and, and be around all these guys at the rank and get to go and enjoy you know each and every day, um, going to battle with them during game days and, and practice you know having some fun with them on the ice and, and working and building and getting better. So I take a lot out of them as well, uh, probably more so than, than I give to them because you know they keep me young, they keep me pushing they keep me um, having to be better each and every day too because um, if you're not getting better these guys are going to come and take your job so um, it's it, I take it as a challenge but yeah it's definitely it's definitely different away from the rink but it's awesome you know to have that support like i said earlier the family support um, it kind of resets your mind it gives you something away from hockey that um, when you get home you're not just solely thinking about it so it, i think it keeps you mentally um, refreshed and uh, um, ready to go and that much more excited to get to the rink
1: is that a bit of a socializing agent, too, especially if you get to a, a new team, you look around the room like, all right, you've got kids, too. They're around my age. We're going to be hanging out a lot, you and me.
2: Uh, I mean, for sure. But, you know, in today's age, all it's pretty hard to uh, just find another person on the team with kids. So um, it doesn't always work out that way, but that's, that is the ideal way for sure.
1: And, and how old are yours, Byron? Uh, mine are three and
2: one. My boy is three and my daughter is one.
1: Do you get excited for the day that is not too far off where they're going to understand just how cool it is, what Dad does for a living?
2: Oh, I think they love it already. I mean, especially coming into different ranks and seeing different things, seeing different dress rooms. I think they love it already. But, yeah, I think um, it'll be cool one day to be able to show them pictures of what they've all done and especially where they've all lived. I mean, most people only live, you know, in one or two spots in their life, and we're fortunate enough to experience, you know, um almost the whole country basically after <laughs> 14 teams so um yeah it's, it's it's something that's definitely cool and i think they'll definitely appreciate it um someday
1: uh, halloween's around the corner any family themed costumes planned
2: uh my son's definitely going to be a fireman he loves the firefighters he loves being a firefighter and doing all that kind of thing so he's going to be that and my daughter i think just got
1: some kind of um uh,
2: like Disney, fairy, caution, um, <laughs> lined up that uh, my son picked out for her.
1: <laughs> and you'll be a hockey player, you know? Yeah, yeah. Byron, I, I don't want to call it a hobby because that feels like it would be a slight. Uh, but maybe it's because of how much you've moved around during your career, but you've taken a, a great interest in real estate to the point that it almost sounds like it's a bit of a, a, side business for you at this point. Now I'm sure there are people in our audience who are fascinated by real estate. And then there's people like me that the idea of paying one rent a month is, uh, overwhelming, but, but how did you get into real estate? And, uh, and is it, uh, is that one of the things you've planned is, of having a big role in your future when hockey is over?
2: For sure. No, I got into it, um, by my dad. My dad's a, been a real estate guy since I was basically born. He quit farming and, uh, turned into a land developer. Um, and did it all with no education. So it was pretty impressive to see what he's built. Um, so even from an early age, he kind of pushed us to be buying real estate and owning owning land and different things like that. Um, so that definitely got me into it. And, and So, yeah, I bought my first home at uh, 20. I was lucky enough to buy my first home at 22 and haven't stopped since. So it's, it's something that I, I really enjoy and that, you know, uh, the first one I think is the scariest and then after that you kind of you kind of learn and you understand and and you grow that way um but yeah it's definitely a hobby but it's also you know becoming hopefully becoming a business i have a side business on that too from um doing property management that i started and just uh, to understand the business side point of um you know how to run a business and try to get my a cheaper mba through you know, owning a business. So that's kind of my goal right now. But um, we'll see where it expands to uh, once hockey's over.
1: That's got to be an interesting thing to balance with, uh, with a, a, of course, a full-time hockey career. Like that's that's not a uh, that's not a side gig. Like that's it's a, a, a large business undertaking.
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's it's definitely learning. It's a learning curve, and you know what? Um, I've I read a lot of books too on on business and on different real estate stuff and. And you know, the best business people in the world have failed multiple times. So I think that that's where you get your most experience when you fail and you pick yourself up, you dust yourself off and, and you get right back out there and it kinda of correlates with our hockey mindset, right? You can't win every game, you can't win every shift and and you just gotta have that uh adversity to or that mentality to battle through that adversity and, and keep going.
1: So what's your dream home then? When when you're when the career is over and you just buy a piece of land, you buy your you, you build your dream house. What are the uh the uh, elements that has the attributes for the dream house of byron phrase
2: oh i mean it would definitely be a couple acres kind of out in the country somewhere um you know with a shop or something like that and uh, it doesn't need to be a big house because i i don't um i don't want to be cleaning you know a 10,000 square foot house that seems crazy (laughs) to me but uh you know a nice cozy house with uh, a nice shop somewhere that i can tinker around in and and a nice office to do some work in and we'll see what else comes out of
1: that that sounds pretty darn good, Byron. Before we let you go, you do have two games against Colorado coming this uh, weekend. The 11 a.m. game is a, a unique time slot. Uh, but but what do you guys plan for for uh, this weekend against the Eagles and getting back on track?
2: Yeah, we just got to keep building. Like I said, we've and you said as well, and we've we've done a lot of good things. Um, unfortunately, we've found ways to lose. We've made costly mistakes. Um, you know, late in periods where we've given up timely goals, and and those ones are the ones that hurt you. So. It's that, it's building our special teams, being better in that area, and, and just kind of upping our game um, all around. I think everyone's given a lot and, and been doing the right things and been um, especially trying to do the right things, and now it's just about do it, executing more and being more dialed in that way and, and also putting the puck in the net. We've, we've had our chances. We've been we've been all around it, so it's time to bear down and make sure we put them in.
1: Well, Byron, we appreciate you taking the time this afternoon. Uh, We're glad to have you in Vegas and uh, look forward to doing this a couple more times this season. Thank you, Byron.
2: Likewise. Thanks, Brian.
1: That is Byron Frey's assistant captain of the Henderson Silver Knights. Silver Knights fans, don't miss a minute of AHL action this year with AHL TV. You can watch every game live and experience the thrills and excitement of AHL hockey featuring cutting-edge technology interactive features, and fan-friendly subscription prices. AHL TV is available on multiple devices, so you can watch where you want, when you want, the way you want. Visit AHLTV.com and sign up today, AHLTV.com. And AHL TV's free game this weekend is going to be Friday's game against the Eagles at 11 a.m. So if you can't join us in person, log on to AHL TV, that game, free access. We'd love to have you in our audience. We'll step aside when we come back. We'll wrap up this Wednesday edition of HSK Today with a little bit of Halloween fun. That's straight ahead. Brian McCormick here with you on 1230 The Game, the Henderson Silver Knights radio network.
0: A man become preeminent. He's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am mine. What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Brian McCormack. Back on HSK today. Great
1: having Byron Craze with us in our last segment. As uh, boy, has he gotten off to a good start in his Silver Knights career? Couple of goals, couple of points already, and uh, you know, a player that's supposed to add leadership and stability and, and some veteran savvy down the middle when he is in Henderson. Of course, a, a viable option for uh vgk call-ups as well but uh it was a, an instant addition of a leader to the room and not only have uh many vivaros and tim speltz talked about how important that is braden pahal has talked about how important that is and how his job as captain and of course a young captain in this league uh, but how his job is as, as captain his uh his strengths and and what he uh, can do as a leader is bolstered by having other good leaders around him so uh certainly good to have byron phrase in the mix And on the program, Silver Knights fans, the NBA G League Ignite is holding a -a select-a-seat event at the Dollar Loan Center tonight. Tonight from 4 to 7 p.m. You want to take advantage of this opportunity with special pricing to become a founding season ticket member. And fans who purchase season tickets today during the season, if I I believe I have this correct, during the select-a-seat between 4 to 5 p.m. So the event is from 4 to 7, but if you purchase tickets between 4 and 5, then you're going to be invited to a limited autograph session Uh, with Select Ignite players, so that's exciting as well. Secure your season tickets. Contact the Ignite ticketing team at 702-645-4259. That's 702-645-4259. That's to buy tickets, to get information, or if you want more information on tonight's Select a Seat event, which is at Dollar Loan Center from 4 to 7. Well, as we mentioned, uh, Halloween is right around the corner, um, and I think... I'm sure it's with any sport, of course, but I've worked in hockey my whole life, and it's such a fun time of year because when you have any collection of a group of guys in their mid 20s or younger or barely older, you know, Halloween is fun. I mean, you get a lot of guys who uh, it, it's usually a, a good target on the calendar for uh, a party for the for the guys to hang out and get together, and you'll get theme costumes and uh, even in my own day, I had a couple of pretty good theme Costumes in my day. I've I've done Anchorman before. Uh, I've done Blue Man Group before. That went pretty well. Um, we all got into kilts once and did Braveheart. I mean, there, there's something that that sparks the creative uh, the creative process for young gentlemen uh, when you give them a chance to get into costume and even in theme that uh, they come up with some pretty darn good stuff. Uh, Lindsay do you have any particular uh, Halloween costumes from your past that you're particularly proud of?
0: I mean, I was Kesha one year, and I was a dead ringer right when she was at the at the peak. This is like twenty ten ish. I've been Helga Pataki from Hey Arnold. I have a skeleton suit that I wear pretty much everywhere cool in town. Now it's just more economical. But it, you're right; there is something special about Halloween when you're in your twenties.
1: And you understand that like, those are great examples. Helga Pataki, blast from the past. You get it. Yeah. There there are people who just throw a baseball jersey on, say I'm a baseball player, and that's fine. You know, we all have busy lives, and not everyone has that much. Uh, energy to devote to something like this but people who try people with some planning you can do some pretty impressive stuff that in the age of of instagram uh can just give you star power that'll last for years
0: yeah absolutely and you don't have to go to spirit halloween and just buy a package i was always a huge fan of going to like savers or other other places where it's just hand me down clothes and making it your own i see you get me you Mm -hmm. get me we need to hang out brian we
1: everyone on that side of the microphone says that i'm the elusive am i real am i just a figment of everyone's imagination it's hard to say but yes we do have to hang out you me jared damon we need to have a big radio party because we get each other and luckily luckily some of the silver knights get us too because they've had some pretty good costumes in their past so as they brainstorm for what is to come in the coming days should they have a uh, a get together of their own they're going to have some pretty good creative experience to, uh, to lean upon. Here are some of the favorite Halloween costumes that our HSK players have worn in the past. Kyle Marino, what's your favorite Halloween costume you've ever had? Um, I actually had a good one last year. I was the Undertaker. Did you have anyone else in any other WWE superstar role? No, it was just me. Solo mission. How believable was it? pretty good i put some effort into it can you roll your eyes into the back of your head no i can't <laughs> no michael hudson best uh, halloween costume uh, i had one when i was probably around four years old uh, my mom made a homemade uh werewolf costume and uh to
2: this day like it's still pretty epic in my mind uh so i'm sure she did put a lot of work into it so it's something
1: that you know being older now you definitely appreciate it and uh, it was really cool at the time yuri
0: Patera, best halloween costume uh probably john wick um when I had longer hair and I just shaved my beard as him and uh, I wore a black
1: suit for Halloween. Connor Ford.
0: Uh, My best costume was uh, greasers with my buddies in college. Uh, We slicked the hair back, had the cigarettes behind the ears and white t-shirts, leather jackets, uh, Converse and blue jeans. Popular with the ladies? It worked out well for us. Peter Deliberatore.
1: Yeah, so last
2: year uh, I actually decided to go as Lil Baby the Rapper, uh, but I kind of went a different route. I had a big baby gown with a bib and everything, uh, and then I got myself some gold chains, some $100 bills, so yeah, that was probably my favorite. (laughs) Did I
1: get good reviews?
2: Yeah, some people liked it, some people thought the dollar bills were real, so when I was tossing them around, they were going grabbing for it, so it was kind of funny.
1: Fred Brathwaite.
0: Yeah, probably one of my best costumes was, uh, I was a Dalmatian one year, yeah, got all dressed up, had the big Dalmatian suit on with the big floppy ears. Uh, and then actually, the best thing is no one knew who I was until halfway through the party after I got a little too hot in the costume. So that was probably one of my best ones, and that was, uh, God, that was probably in St. Louis in 2002, maybe?
1: Are you saying your own teammates didn't recognize you in the costume until halfway through the party? They didn't,
0: they thought it was me because they could see with my belly, but um, yeah, halfway through they were wondering where I was and then all of a sudden I took the, whatever, the mask off and they obviously knew where I was.
1: Lucas Cormier, best Halloween costume?
2: Uh, one year I was the Hanson Brothers, which were my buddies, just uh, kind of made up some jerseys, got some hair and glasses with uh, tape on it.
1: Did you put on the foil? Yeah. George Lopez?
2: My best Halloween costume was uh, the Yellow Brick Road. I was uh, with the Huntsville Havoc in the SPHL, and the whole staff, uh, we did like a Wizard of Oz kind of theme, and for some reason I got stuck with the Yellow Brick Road, so I got a big jacket and painted it yellow with stripes, and it looked like a road, and yeah, that was
1: it. Did anybody try to walk on you?
0: (laughs) No, but actually maybe they
2: did. Yeah, actually someone asked me to put the... Jacket down and walk over for a picture. I actually have pictures for it, but yeah, it was pretty funny.
1: And so, you know what? I think that was a, a nice way to get to know some of our players uh, on a personal level. But also, Lindsay, tell me if I'm wrong. Again, the, the other people are having parties right now, too. I'm sure there are people out there racking their brains right now. I have no present, uh, no, no uh, current costume ideas i am completely the well is dry i don't know what to be and now they know thanks to to george lopez they can be a road that is an option for them
0: yeah i think it was a mailbox one year and my mom ran over it in the garage and so it was kind of a run over mailbox play on it so you can just get really (laughs) simple really simple
1: I I gotta say, I feel bad for Georgie, I really do, because, uh, first of all, George Lopez is the equipment manager, for those who don't know, I think most of our audience would know that, Uh, but an amazing guy who's capable of playing incredible roles, he's got charisma, he's got creativity, he could be uh, any any, uh, Elizabethan character you want him to play, he could nail it, and they made him scenery, that was... That was like the middle school play where the teacher, there's, there's five parts, but she's got 20 kids. So someone has to be tree, someone has to be mailman number four. Uh, th- they made him a road, and he mastered it by being walked on nonetheless. But uh, also Fred Brathwaite being an anonymous Dalmatian at his own Halloween party. I f- thought that was very funny. But that's uh, how our HSK guys handle Halloween, and uh, we challenge you to come up with some brilliant Halloween ideas of your own. But not before this weekend when the Henderson Silver Knights We'll take on the Colorado Eagles on Friday and Saturday. And Friday's game will be the Nevada Day game for the Henderson Silver Knights with puck drop at 11 a.m. Get your ticket to HendersonSilverKnights.com and get your replica Nevada Day jerseys this week at the livery at Lifeguard Arena as well as the Saddlery at the Dollar Loan Series so you can look your Nevada Day best. That'll do it for us today on HSK Today. Special thanks to Byron Fraze for joining us. We'll see you this weekend for Silver Knights Hockey on 1230 the game, the Henderson Silver Knights Radio Network. Have a great week, everybody.